Today on Missing Pieces in PE Life. I'm your host, Don Anderson. This is Season 3, Episode 4, Aussie Girl. Yeah, so somebody from Australia actually got back to me, and that's who's on the show today. Her name's Susan. We'll get to that in a minute. I want to read you guys something. It's a bad review I got. I think it's my first one, so I'm kind of excited about it. So it was left on March 28, 2023, from L-K-A-Y-K-A-S, L-K-C-A-S. So Louise K. Cassidy, maybe? I don't know, but it doesn't matter. So the title of it is If Only. If Only Don, the host, would back off the mic so it didn't sound like his tongue is in the listener's ear while corny funeral music, while corny funeral home music plays in the background. Good guess, but guy with a microphone is creepy, salivating, overwrought. Thanks, but it's creepy enough being an MPE. <laughs> I mean, it's so funny. It's brutal, but funny. Um, but it almost seems like it's someone trolling. I don't know. But I don't know. But this is one that Jim from Nebraska left. That's a good one. I got to balance it out. Norwegian Girl was the best MPE adoption podcast I think I have ever listened to. And I have been listening for years to many of them from many podcasters. Your editing and the way you stitched this together was actually masterful. Thanks for putting out such a quality podcast about a subject I find very interesting. Thank you, Jim from Nebraska. That was so kind. I like the Norwegian Girl episode too. I love telling stories like that. It's difficult to weave all that together and um, use footage from elsewhere, but it's, it's really the kind of stories I love telling the most. This is Susan, and I want you to count them. There are four NPEs in this story. Four. It's crazy. From one family. Here's Susan. And I'll try not to have my tongue in your ear. All right. Um, well, basically, hi. Um, I'm Sue, and I live in Australia, in Sydney. Um, I also love listening to these podcasts and Facebook sites because I just love hearing everybody else's story. Absolutely love it. Um, in fact, I'm a little bit obsessed about it. It just fills in my, my brain for a bit. I feel for the people that are talking because a lot of them are, are unhappy endings. Very sad to hear some of them are not, not so fortunate. I was born in 1957 and I am the fourth child of five five siblings. The oldest one is uh, seven years older than me. Then there's two brothers, all two years apart, uh, two brothers. Um, so the oldest one from me is, what, 67 now? Is 60, just 68 next week. Um, so he's 68, just the one above me. But I don't really talk much about my brothers because they sort of don't fit into the scene. I mean, they're there and they're my brothers, but they don't fit into this scene. So it's really the three girls. And I've got a younger sister who becomes very important in this story. She's 15 months younger than me. And I had a mother and father growing up, up until they passed. Um, we all sort of stuck together. We were brought up uh, in a very, very poor and really low economic family um, because my parents didn't have much money. Um, but it didn't, it didn't really worry us. Um, my father, he, he was a builder and he worked away in the lower part of the state. And my, he, he wanted my mother to cart all five of us to wherever his work took him. And she didn't want that to happen. She wanted us all to stay together and have a stable um, environment and keep us in the one school. And she wanted to educate us. So she never went. So he basically, and this is sort of important to my story, she, uh, he went away um, and he would come home probably on a Friday, fr a Friday night 
every second weekend. Sometimes it was every weekend. Sometimes he'd come home once a month because the distance was like 12, 14 hours away to, to drive there and back. Um, so he'd come home on the weekends. Um, normally he'd have a fight with my mother. It's like it was put on because it, it, in my lifetime they always were fighting. My older sister, seven years older, remembers them not fighting, but basically we grew up with a family that was always fighting, the p- parents always like arguing nonstop. So he'd come home, have a fight with mum. He'd go out, get those days at the club, you'd have to wear a tie and a suit and he'd get all dressed. He'd go off to the club and he wouldn't come back till Sunday. And that was just, that was just what it was. He'd come back Sunday, he'd hang around the house and then he'd get back in the truck Sunday night and head off back down the coast again. Um, mum, worked and worked in factories all of her life. Um, basically, my older sister, seven years older than myself, um, brought us up. She was like the second mum, always there for us. But um, <clears throat> mum worked from basically daylight till dark because my father was not always forthcoming with money and she had to really struggle to put food on the table for us, for the five of us, educate us in Catholic schools and um, put us in whatever sport we, we wanted to be in, was always there for everything she possibly could. Sometimes my father would come home on the weekends and if, if, if sport was on, he'd be there for the soccer, he'd be there for the netball um, because he was very sports-minded. Basically, that, that's our upbringing. Um, it wasn't all that happy, it wasn't all that nice, but we had each other and, and yeah, we also fought amongst each other. There's one of my brothers I constantly fought with, but now he's like my best mate. <laughs> but um, that was our life. I mean, we, we would get uh, come home from school, no electricity, bills not paid. We'd do homework by candlelight. But they're all, they're all just the memories that we were brought up with. We don't have any regrets about it. Mum did her absolute best to keep us up and running. My parents stayed together. Um, eventually he uh, went bankrupt. My father went bankrupt um, with his company. He retired quite early and basically he died by the age of 77 or 76 or 77. He got early de- he got early dementia and basically died, you know, like within a week. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I didn't actually think much of him because I didn't like the constant fighting. I didn't like seeing them fight. My younger sister and I would go to bed crying at night um and that's when he was home because there were some times on the occasion he might have two weeks at home or over Christmas he might stay home for a long period of time but it was always fighting and we we hated that my younger sister and I hated that um and it's 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 a horrible thing to sort of be brought up with um but you know we look back now yeah so it happened you know it's no big deal it happened that was our life that was our tapestry okay moving on no regrets uh, Mum continued to live till she was 93 um, and it was great to see her have freedom of no fighting. Um, so everything just sort of went along its merry way, okay. And, um, yeah, so basically that's my background. That's sort of um, where I'm from. Okay, so I married, had three children, one year apart. They're all year apart. Um, what are they now, 37, 38 and 39. Um, they're great kids. They're, they're, they're my heart and soul, my three kids. Anyway, so my husband um, used to getting onto the ancestry side of things now. Um, my husband used to look after his old auntie and she was really into genealogy, really, really into it. She would go overseas, go to Scotland, um, look up graves and did all you know all the paperwork and looking up birth certificates and all the normal what we used they used to do then all that 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 proper I mean people still do it now but that type of genealogy and he tried to assist her I mean she's only sort of learning the computer around like the late 80s and he then she was with my heritage and it was sort of all going on to computer. So he was trying to encourage her how to, and show her how to put information onto the computer. Well, and that was great. She eventually died um, and he basically inherited 
all of that paperwork, all the genealogy in relation to his his father, his mother, all all the history, um, which is very interesting. Um, and hopefully, in turn, one of my sons will also inherit that. But my husband put it all onto the computer, went onto my heritage, sorted that all out, and it became very very interesting. It wasn't my family, but I would actually watch and and take a lot of interest in it. And um, and then a couple of uh, you know you watch on TV and there was um, a lot of um, ancestry.com ancestry ads on the TV and I'm sitting there thinking I'd like to know where I come from I'd love to know where I come from and I said to my husband how about we get that done and he said yeah okay so we applied for it got the got the kits um, sent them off spat in the in the tube sent them off um, because I, I was always told and and what you get told <clears throat> and what's on DNA is so different. Like my grandmother thought she was half Irish. My grandfather, the man that she married, he was German. So I must have been German and Irish from that neck of the woods. My father um, was totally English. Um, and, in fact, his parents brought out Jehovah Witness to Australia many, many moons ago. He was born very, very late, I think uh, eight or nine siblings, and he was born <clears throat> when they were just about left the house. And um, and that's important to say that as well. So he was just a young boy walking around knocking on doors with his parents. He didn't think much of the Jehovah Witness uh, part of it. So we didn't really know his family very well, even though they lived one street up. Originally his father lived two doors up, Um but we didn't really know them very well because my mother didn't like them knocking on our door to uh, preach Jehovah when we were Catholics and they knew that. Um, but later in the years, mum kept contact with them and made sure dad had a connection with them, um, like when they were quite old. But, um, yeah, so we got our heritage back and my husband's was pretty well straightforward, just like the, my heritage said and all the genealogy. Scottish, his grandfather was straight Scottish and everything, what are the other things were for him, but basically English and Scottish, but mainly Scottish. And I started looking at mine and found, hang on, I can't see any German there. How does this all work? Um, I must have German, my grandfather's German. Um, and where's all the Irish? I don't have any Irish. My grandmother was convinced that she was half Irish. And and I thought, oh, well, that's really weird. I looked at all the places I come from. Okay. And, and that was back in 20, 2018. What places did it say you were from? Um, well, it said the Balklands for a bit, uh, uh, England, Northwest Europe, it said. I'm just trying to think what it said. Um, Wales, there was a bit of Wales. There was, um, it wasn't an initially. It didn't say Greece, but a little bit later it come on saying there was a bit of, uh, I had 14% Greece, Greek. Um, but basically the English, um, English, a little bit of Italian, very minute, uh, the, um, a bit of Sweden and Norway, sort of, and, and a look around and generally a lot of people just had that. Like it was just like very, very off the cuff type stuff. I thought, okay, that's what I am. So I collected my husband's um, results, my results, set them off to the three kids and said, okay, that's where you come from. Done and dusted, finished, thinking that was it. No idea that you have matches. I didn't realise you had matches. Um, <clears throat> and then I got a, a call via, via the site from a cousin, um, a cousin and a cousin, the cousin's mother. A cousin that you knew? No, no, no. I didn't know her, but I knew that they were on my grandmother's line. And my grandmother used to always talk about Auntie Edie, which was their great, great grandmother. So I knew the line, but I didn't know them in the line. So it was, yes, maternal grandmother, my mum's mum, mum's mum. Yeah. And um, so that, I'd never met them. So the these two cousins one one was doing the uh, second cousin she was doing genealogy for 40 odd years she recorded everything 
her mother would actually say, like in writing, so she's got it written down in books and what date things were said. And then her daughter um, also become part of that. But when DNA come out, the daughter become the the uh, DNA guru on the computer. Absolutely marvellous. Anyway, she contacted us and we introduced ourselves to each other um, and she started to introduce me of how to look up information on Ancestry. So it became a, a bit of a hobby for me. I'm going to cut in and ask um, you a question real quick. You keep using yeah. uh, Ancestry and MyHeritage oh. interchangeably and not sure which one you actually did, just to be clear. Ancestry. I basically call it the green one because it's green. Um, Ancestry, and then you can upload Ancestry free, which this cousin told me, onto my heritage. Right. Now, my husband, or we both belong to my heritage, but I'm very comfortable with Ancestry. Basically, this cousin showed me how to do things. I even went to her house and we all met each other. Uh, My two sisters came with me. Uh, my, My older sister um, actually was beside me all the way with this adventure. She she stepped in. We were both retired by this time and she was on this journey with me like looking things up. I would do the actual looking up but she would just join in and try and do the thinking and who belongs to who and all that sort of thing. Anyway, this cousin sort of um, we went to meet her and her mother and basically they they were trying to be really gentle with us and said to us that our grandmother married a year after my mother was born. And they basically started showing me how to work the ancestry system. And I was get, I was really liking it because I was getting results. So I, I get this I get this message from a young a, a young person saying that she was my uh, cousin of some description, it ended up being her mother was my cousin and to an uncle of mine, my mother's brother, who never married, never had kids, and he didn't know he had a daughter who had lots of children. So that was real amazing. We found out that our uncle actually had a daughter and lots of kids. So we went off, my older sister and I went to to another state and met this cousin who sadly, my age, but she was on her deathbed, so she died a month later. So we got to meet her and tell her that if your father ever knew that you existed, he would have never have left your side whether he liked your mother or not. And she just sat there with tears falling down her face because she couldn't speak much. Anyway, that was interesting. We thought, oh, that's great. And then basically we found out, and getting to the point of it now, that with these two cousins who were very good at ancestry, basically, and I'll, I'll cut extremely long story short, we found out that my mother was an NPE. She, her, my grandmother actually had a relationship with a Greek man and as soon as he found out my grandmother at 17 was pregnant, he took off, never to be seen again. So then the German part comes in because the German man was... Um, good friends with my uh, grandmother's sister and he was in the Navy and uh, he would come home with my um, with my grandmother's sister's husband. He already must have had the hots for my grandmother. He took my grandmother on pregnant and they had my mother. Once she was uh, born, they then got married and continued then to have four other children. We never knew that. My mother never knew that. So my grandmother, who was the best grandmother in the world, kept that secret all of our, all of our lives. So we found out mum's half Greek. Did you find that out because they already knew or because of DNA? Both. They knew, but as soon as my DNA went on, on, on the system, and they contacted me, they said to me, get your mother's, they said, you need to get your mother's um, uh, ancestry done. Get her to spit in the tube. Send off ancestry. So his mum in a nursing home. Um, getting her to spit in a tube was a little bit difficult. We just told her we're doing a family tree, um, and she did that. And then with those results, I let the cousin take care of the results. It confirmed 
their story. It confirmed what they'd already looked up. Um, and we get all these Greek names, all these different names coming up. And it. Um, so when I said that that cousin wrote down everything her mother said, and her mother was 98 at the time and is still alive, so she's 100 and something, still in her own house, still getting around. Um, her mother was a young girl when my grandmother was having a relationship with the Greek man, so the Greek grandfather. She used to make fun of them, canoodling, they said. They used to canoodle in the park and they used to make fun of my grandmother and the Greek like as, the, as you would as a young kid. Um, she actually remembers it all. And that was actually that was actually written down. So they've got they've got proof from somebody knowing and seeing it. They've got proof from genealogy records. And then with me getting my ancestry and my mother getting hers done, it's all proven that what the facts are. So that was sort of proven in three different ways. And we look at it, we look at it now, and the, the puzzles fall into place. Mum was a very, very attractive person until she had her third child and she lost the plot there um, before I was born. Um, but she's black, curly hair. Um, she become very big. She become um, quite, quite large. And we would see a photo of her and her siblings are all red to brown hair and all very, very skinny. And, and then you see a picture of the big mama on the end of the seat with her siblings that are all very, very different to her. Um, and we just thought, oh, she must just take, take, um, she must be, uh, represent my grandmother's side and the others represent our German grandfather. So we find out our grandfather's Greek. So now I'm 14%, 14% Greek. Um, we never told mum. She, by that stage, she was in the nursing home. We didn't never told her because she idolised her her father. She had her mother and her father on a pedestal, and we don't believe she ever knew because she was obsessed with her parents. They were just everything to her, and anything we did, she's oh, you just like your grandfather. Look at that, you do that. Your grandfather used to do that. She'd say that to all five of us with different things. Um, her her mother died early. Sadly, she died at seventy two. So we found that out. And of course, we're, my older sister and I are telling our own, our siblings. They're interested. The brothers were making jokes out of it. Um, my younger sister basically said, stop digging. You're finding out too much. And, and cause we already said about the uncle that had a child. Are you finding out too much? I said, yeah, but it's so interesting finding out all these things. And because history's history, you can't change it. You are what you are, you know, like, you know, we're born. We didn't ask to be born. Um, grateful of it, but we didn't ask. So, yeah, this is all just interesting history. And then still working quite closely, and I, I felt I was patting myself on the back because I could um, start to understand how to work and, and follow people. So I started writing to lots of people on Ancestry, trying to find out who they are, where we fit in, all that sort of thing. So basically... I was digging, my sister, older sister was digging with me. And then we found this name called, said, this surname saying Chard, C H A R D, Chard. And we thought, we knew a family friend called Chard. Why is this so obvious? Anyway, my sister and I looking at it, and with our not so professional brain, we figured that this name Chard, who was very one of the very close matches to me, that must have been. Our dad, because this charred person lived in the front of the house of my father's family. They rented out the front half of the house. And he lived, this charred man, Mr. Chard, he worked, he lived in that house. So my sister and I figured that maybe he had an affair with one of our dad's older sisters, you know, that was 18 or 19 at the time. We're thinking maybe he had an affair with them and dad was the result because he was so much younger than all of them and maybe the par- maybe the parents being Jehovah Witness and, of course, that's a no-no, maybe they took him on as their own child. Yes, so we're uh, really chuffed thinking that's what it's got to be. Meanwhile, still scouting around this cousin, who I said is very good at DNA, she's contacting me and then in the end she was guiding, we told her what we thought, and she was guiding me in a direction where 
everything turned. She guided me for me to discover myself that my story was not true about my father being the charred person. Um, she, and I can't exactly remember what she did, but basically she, she got me to discover myself and I would ring her and say, hey, this is happening or that's happening. And she said to me, I just want you to know that you really need to be sure about what you're doing here. And I said, what do you mean, sure? It's all very interesting, you know, sort of, you know, lightheaded, she said. And then she got a little bit serious, a bit, little bit further, not long. She said, you're about to make a discovery that you really need to be sure that you want to know. Um, and I'm thinking, what the hell is she talking about? What's going on here? And, and, and so I'm thinking that. And then she made another call to me. And then she said to me, can you contact your mother's sister? She says, because we're following their grandfather, totally different to what I was talking about. And because she was, her and her mother were following my my um, mother's grandfather's side. And so I contacted my auntie um, and said, hi, how are you going? I had her on loudspeaker. My older sister and I are listening. And I said, look, I just want to ask you a, a DNA question because, you know, this is what's been happening. And then my auntie goes, oh, oh, Susan, oh, DNA. And I'm thinking, she talked she said oh there's something there's something I have to tell you and I looked at my sister and I go am I adopted what is she what is she going on about anyway and then she finally spits out that she knew a very long time ago when my well, actually when my grandmother died she found out and it's another long story but she basically found out mum was Greek she had a Greek father and we're thinking yeah too bad we already found that out who cares yep I said oh okay then all right well I'll look into that so she's spilling the beans that mum had a different father to her. She found out then when my uh, grandmother died in 1983 um, and they were going through mum's paperwork. But anyway, that, that was that story. I thought, well, we already knew that. I thought she's going to tell me I was adopted the way she was going on about it. So that story alone, okay, well, that's great. Got the information I needed to know, reported it to my cousin. Anyway, so then in the end... Um, my cousin led me to the point that this name Chard, who was a family friend, his name was Bert Chard. We knew him as Uncle Bert. Um, and it turned out by the research that I did um, that Uncle Bert was actually my father. And I'm going, wow, he's actually my father? He's not dad's father? And we just, was, my sister and I were just gobsmacked. And can't be. Oh, it's got to be because I look so different to my three older siblings. Pieces started to fall in place. All these missing pieces that we never really gave much thought about. We used to joke about it. Things fell into place. I don't look like them. I'm sh way shorter than them. My face is a totally different shaped face to the three of them. My nose is totally different to them. My siblings used to knock me that I had a turned up nose. Um, and we thought, oh, it's got to be true. And not only that, we knew Uncle Bert till he died. We knew them from way back. And at the same time, with that shock settling, one of the cousins that come up as my matches, a close first cousin called Stephen Chard, called me we we I'm not called you know goes through, goes through the system and in the end I called him and told him what I found out so then he alerted me to the point that Uncle Bert actually left his previous wife that we knew nothing of we only knew him as his with his second wife he had a wife that he left and he left four children so um, we never knew any of that. So I had four other siblings. So then that, that cousin, Stephen Chard, he called those siblings, alerted them of my existence and got their phone numbers and got permission and then gave me their phone numbers and he told them all that I would call them. One of them had passed already, so there was three of them. Uh, one had passed two years beforehand. And... It was like, it was really exciting. And 
the more my sister and I, because we spent a lot of time together um, um, in our at that time, we were actually, or still do, and we straight away thought, hang on, if I'm Bert's daughter, Bert, I might add, was a travelling salesman, so obviously he was selling more than what, more than his goods. So basically, um, if I'm Bert's daughter, then my younger sister that's 15 months younger than me, she also must be his daughter because her and I are nearly identical. Her and I are similar or just about the same in every way, same height, same looks. I'm, I have dark hair. She has blonde hair. That's much much of a difference. While our kids were growing up, they'd often go to the wrong mother thinking that was their mother and I would be sitting there and, that, hey, that's, I'm over here. At school, I'd be dragged from my school line, taken over to my sister's line because we look so much alike. We speak alike. We laugh alike. Everything about us. Um, and both of us are strangely clean freaks. We, we're, we're very um, neat and tidy um, and we weren't brought up like that and it really affected us being not like that, like with the rest of them and everything about it. And, um, and so I basically said to my husband, well, then my sister, younger sister has to be. And he said, yeah, but you haven't had it tested so you don't know. Anyway, so we kept that to ourselves. My older sister and I kept that to ourselves for a little while, trying to still digest it and still working it out. Um, and then I contacted my new siblings. They're, they're in their 80s and se- late 70s. Um, and they were so, so nice. They're so welcoming. They always they said that they were a little bit happy because their their mother used to tell them that eventually they'll probably find more siblings out there because she knew that Uncle Bert uh, was sleeping around everywhere. Now, what was strange about all this? Um, actually, I'll get on to, the, to, to about my younger sister. We we held it back from her for a bit, and my brothers until we sort of absorbed it and made sure everything was the way it should be. Then eventually we got my younger sister to turn up to my older sister's place. She sat beside me. My older sister told her all the story from go to woe. And then she, and then when we finished and she just t- she just told her about me and my results. I turned around and looked at my younger sister and she said, "Well, in that case, he's my father as well because we're so much alike." That was her reaction. <laughs> To hey, you haven't. You, he's not your father. Like our dad was not our dad. Um, she didn't care either. She didn't care that dad wasn't our dad. Um, she had the same upbringing as me, um, and she just goes, "Oh right, okay." She said, "Well, I think he's all better. Stop digging." But basically, then I said, "Can you do a, a DNA test?" She didn't have the uh, finance to do that, so I bought it. I did got it done for her. She comes up as full sibling. So um, then, then we all, then we told our brothers. So basically, we haven't hid it from anyone. Um, we did hide it from Mum; she was still alive, because sadly, Mum would have denied it, because Mum would, she, the best, best mother anyone could ever have, she would have denied it because she would hate to think that her five children thought that she had an affair. She would hate that because she just had so much respect for us and, and us for her. And also she wouldn't understand science, you know, the DNA part. She wouldn't understand that. And not only that, she was in, in probably the second stages of dementia. And then she would say to me, oh, you're lying. That's not true. How can you say that? You're lying because that's sort of how she become it at the end. Um and then we, we all, t- five of us, spoke about it and said, what's the point of telling her and disturbing her while she's sitting in a nursing home? What's the point of her hiding that secret for 60 years? Because I found out when I was 60. What's the point of really hurting her with it? So we just thought, ah, she could take it to a grave. We've got the science. We've, we've got the proof. We don't really have to throw it in her face. So um, we didn't. She died on the 31st of December just recently. She took it to a grave. We don't care. We know what the facts are. 
So, um, so in the meantime, basically we, we tell everybody it doesn't matter. It's a, it's a great it's a great thing. It's history. It's how our lives have all panned out. We know we've all decided that my our, our birth certificate, my birth certificate father never knew. We expected him to have kids out there because he was the one that was sleeping around all the time. He was the one that would introduce my younger sister and I to these women at different events. Um, he was the one that always had girlfriends around. Um, and we thought that he would be the one that would be having extra kids along the way. Never for one moment did we think it would be mum. Um, and maybe that's why they fought, but we, we don't believe, maybe he caught her, but he definitely didn't know that myself and my younger sister were um, not his kids um, because he would have left her. He, he, would have, he would have gone. He would have, no way in the world would he have stayed there till his deathbed. Um, they just continually happily fought all the way to the, to the day he went into hospital. Um, it, was, it was a love-hate thing. It was, but um, anyway, so we, we decided he, he did not know. Um, we believe mum knew because she kept us very close to Bert and Louise all of our lives. She invited Bert to, and Louise to my engagement party. She invited Bert and Louise to my wedding. Now, I, I have an absolutely fabulous picture now knowing this. Um, back in 1980 when I got married, pouring with rain, in the, just at the edge of the church on a Friday afternoon, Uncle Bert and Louise turned up a little bit late. So I was ready to walk down the aisle. Um, they had to come from a long way and it was pouring rain. So he jumped in, Uncle Bert jumped in, stood across on my right-hand side my birth certificate father ready to walk me down the aisle, my full blood sisters in the photo as well. Uncle Bert stood out of the way just to get it out of the photo so he wasn't in the way. But in actual fact, the photo was taken with Uncle Bert on my right, myself, my birth certificate father, and then my sister. It was absolute fo a photo that I can just keep forever. In fact, I have even have it up on the wall just here. And I have that picture up on... Instagram. She gave me permission to post it. So go to NPE underscore life underscore podcast on Instagram and you can see it there. So it has her in her wedding dress, her full sister, their birth certificate dad, and their bio father, who they didn't know was bio father at the time, all in the same picture. I mean, what an amazing snapshot to have. Check it out. It's amazing to think. At the time, there's my two fathers in that photo. And I never knew. I never knew that the, Bert was my real father. So we believe, my siblings and I and anyone else who was told, we believe that mum knew and we believe Bert knew that, that we were her, his, his children, because there was a family joke going around. Back when we were younger, mum used to say, because Bert and Louise used to live two doors up in, in our uh, my father's um, father's house. They rented it up there. And when mum got pregnant with me, and it was a family joke, he and Louise confronted mum on a serious tone and said, Louise can't have children. We'd like to adopt the one that you're pregnant with. And mum told us that story over and over again. And of course, she said no, because she's not giving any of the children away. And our joke, myself and my four other siblings, were, oh, I could have been rich. I could have been an only child and I could have been rich because they had lots of money. And we just had it as a joke. And I, and I said, no, I could have shared that money with you lot, you know, and we just joked about it. But when I was actually born, they revisited my mother and said, you've already got a daughter. Let us adopt this one. They still tried to adopt me. And, you know, why was that? So you know, Bert obviously knew. His wife, Louise, would not have ever known. She had total control over him and right to the very end she had control over him. She would have, she would have never, ever have stood for the fact that he was having affairs outside their marriage. She was, she was a very tough, tough, evil lady actually. She was quite evil. We knew her quite well. Now. 
so basically we've all settled with that. Um, I've now met and introduced my sister, younger sister, um, our new family. My older sister has been absolutely fabulous. She She's not connected here, but she now gets called the adopted sister by my new siblings because she's always been there. I mean, I had to travel interstate to meet the oldest sister who's in a nursing home. She turned 87 at the time. Um, my sister come with me, my older sister. Anywhere I've gone in relation to this family, my older sister is stuck by me all the way through it. Um, my younger sister's still working, so she's um, not been able to go to well, to the extremes that we have. You know, I just want to tell you, I think it's really rare for a sister, you know, that you grew up with to be that supportive of your MPE status. It was a horrible shock to her because while this was going on, she went and got her ancestry done. She got her DNA done. So when her results come back to also prove that this man was our, my father, when her results come back, it was really, really heart-wrenching for her, really, really disturbed her something fierce because she felt like she lost her sister. It, 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 she took it very badly. I mean, so did I because... I never wanted her to be my half-sister, um, and but I can't change what it is. Um, she'd recently lost her son in a, in a fire, a murder in a fire, so she felt like she was also losing her sister. Um, but she's great. I mean, to this day she still supports everything and everything I've ever done. Um, my younger sister and I, like I, I just recently when, when mum passed away, I actually said to my younger sister, I got her to come around here, we're just having a chat, and I said, "What? What did you? What did you think of our birth certificate, Father? What? What? What were your deep thoughts?" She says, "Well, I didn't think much of him at all. Like she sort of thought the same way as I did. Didn't think much of him because obviously the fighting and the sleeping around and all you know the upbringing we had." She says, "But hey, the one that we got's not much better." <laughs> Because he was sleeping around. Our own, our own biological father was sleeping around. Um, so apart from the four siblings, the older siblings that we had, have, one's gone, on my matches I had another one that I looked for for 18 months, a close match. She had more centre Morgans than my half-sister. And I finally found her with a bit of assistance and she's actually one year younger than my younger sister. And she's not connected to the other family. So Uncle Bert was also, while mum was pregnant, having an affair with her mother. Wow. So, um, yeah, and she never knew. She never knew. She wondered why her two sisters were 14 and 15 years older than her. And she was she was brought up as an only child because they'd long gone. Um, but... She remembers being taken by her mother and father to a house and she described Uncle Bert's house. He had a tennis court, big red fancy house, big veranda around. She described it. And it turns out that her father, her birth certificate father, was a salesman and was good friends with Bert. And her mother never could never never drove, never drove the car. So her mother was always at home. So Bert would know, she figured out, Bert would know when her father would be out on the road. So he'd be back um, having an affair with her mother. So for those of you following along at home, that's four MPEs in this one story. Four. She was very disturbed that her mother and father never told her. They're, they're long, they're long past because they were a lot older. Um, but I tell you what, she's a great person. She's awesome. Um, she's welcomed it with open arms. Um, she was shocked, but a little bit angry with her parents as much as she loves them dearly. Um, we've connected with her. I've, my husband and I on road trips, we went down to a different state to meet her, but she's since moved to Queensland, another state above us. Gone and, my older sister and I have gone and stayed with her. Can I ask you a question? How did she find out she was an MPE? Like, how did you tell her? Yes, um, I, like I said, 18 months I was looking for her. She'd, be, she'd been um, 
uh, scammed. Her um, her computer had been scammed, so she was offline for that long. The cousin that I said initially that was helping us with the DNA um, searches, she looked. She can look on trees. I don't know how to do all that. She looked on trees on on ancestry trees, and she looked with the girl because he only had a second name. She only had a surname, um, so I couldn't even find look for her on Facebook or anything. But she, this this cousin, looked her up on a tree and found this half sibling of mine, her sister, on this tree. So she found this uh, half sibling of mine's sister, and she said she wrote to me and said, "Look up this name, research this name, look on Facebook, research this name." So I did. I found her sister and I wrote to her sister and said, do you have a sister with the last name of whatever it was? She wrote back and said, yes. And I said, okay, well, she is actually on Ancestry and she's become a match to me and I would love to talk to her. I didn't want to tell her anything because that's not that's not the way we do it and sort of learning from my cousin. You don't spill the beans until, you know, you, you've got all your ducks all lined up um, and she said what's this about and I said well as I said she's on Ancestry um, and this is my phone number this is my email this is everything you need to know about me can you please forward that on to her she writes back to me and says well no I'm going to her place on like in two months time it was that was January she wasn't going there till March she says I'll give her details then I'm thinking why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just give it to her? Why wouldn't you ring her up and say, here? And I thought that's really or weird. Or email. Yeah. Yeah. So she didn't do that. So she goes down to um, my sister's birthday, 60th birthday party. And the sister, my sister picked her up from the airport. They live four hours from the airport. Then this sister that I contacted then gave her all the emails and said, here, read these. So my half-sister's reading them and she goes, does this mean that this girl's dad is my dad? So she couldn't understand it because she'd given her these emails that were all out of order. Um, And she says, no, look harder. So with that, my sister goes back, she logs into Ancestry, she looks up, she can see that I'm a match, she puts it all together, she straight away emails me, but it went to junk. So here it is in in um, March, and it went to junk, and I thought that's really weird. That I know, but by this date they would have had a connection, and I still haven't had the connection. So um, I said to my husband, "It's really weird that they haven't contacted." So I recontacted the sister and said, "Well, have you contacted?" She said, "Yeah, she was going to email you weeks ago." Then my husband said, oh, "You ding dong, look in your look in your junk." So I looked in the junk and there was, I found it with a totally different name altogether. I totally, like I wouldn't have picked it. I just went through everything in junk and then I contacted her. Well, straight away, we had hours and hours and hours on the phone. She was absolutely gobsmacked. She's, she said, we can't, we can't help what it is. She says, all it means to me is I've got a bigger family. So her, that sister knows, the one that um, her sister that contacted her, she knows about it, but she hasn't told her older sister. She doesn't think her older sister would cope with that sort of news. So she's kept it from her for the last five years. So, um, yeah, and we've compared notes. We've been really good mates. So, um, so I'm 65, my younger sister's 64, and she's 63. So there's three of us are all, all pretty close. But, hey, I don't care who knows. I think it's interesting. If I meet anyone, I tell them my story because it's interesting. It's it's just, you know, it's really, really interesting. I, I've had an appointment with my GP along the way, female doctor, and she actually said to me, because I had chronic migraines, and she said, so what is your family history? Well, I know it comes from my mother's side. I said, oh, speaking of family history, what I've said there on my record about this, this, and this, I said, that's not true anymore. And she goes, what? She just put a pen down, exactly what you're saying, and she wanted to hear all about it. It's, it's interesting. Like, 
Um, I mean, I could have got on for hours because I got the gift of the gab, but um, but she was really, really interested. I mean, sitting up at my granddaughter's netball training, with a five-year-old granddaughter, uh, one of the mothers. I'm, I'm the old lady. They're all they're all young mothers there, but um, and and I, I don't know how it come up with her. And I was telling this stranger, one of, one of the one of the children's mothers, and then she keeps coming up and asking me about it now. Like she's really interested, standing outside the school trying to pick up my grandkids. That come up there as well. One lady was talking about it, and I said, "Oh, actually, I've got a story with that." It's just so interesting. It's it's like someone else's story. You don't you don't understand that it's your own story. It's hard to believe. It's so surreal that it is actually the story. I thought it was from a boring family, a boring history. You know, we're we're German, we're Irish, we're we're um, English. You know, rough upbringing. Okay, that's life. But to hear all this, it's just. It really puts the icing on the cake, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, thanks so much for telling me your story. By the way, you're a great storyteller. Seriously. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. You do have the gift of gab. But I do. In a good way. I do, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I pass that on too. <laughs> and thank you for having me. It's just nice to talk about it because you, you tend, and, and as you've said before, you, you tend not to talk to your family too much about the uh, the, uh, NPE part of it and it's just nice to and that's the other reason I like listening to podcasts and reading um, uh, the posts on on Facebook because you can relate to it you can relate to it and other people have got the same issues they're all different all different but similar and it's just nice to hear it Um, even though I'm not speaking it I've spoken it now um, it's just nice to hear how others cope with it If you want to get in touch with Don, you can do so at donnpe at icloud.com or find me on Instagram at npe underscore life underscore podcast. And don't forget to leave a review, follow this podcast. That way you won't miss the next episode of Missing Pieces. I'd like to thank Billy Sullivan for all the music in today's episode. If you want to check out Billy's library, if you need music for anything, sullystone.com. Check it out, sullystone.com. Thank you guys and see you on the next episode of Missing Pieces.